Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. For those of you who might have missed the announcement, the New York Stock Exchange recently named Stacey Cunningham as its president, making her the first female in its nearly 226-year history to hold the position. Despite the appointment, there are still relatively few women executives in finance and technology sectors. Sheila Ronning, my guest today, has been working to change that. In 2002, Sheila, a leadership and networking expert and board strategist, founded Women in the Boardroom to help connect influential female executives with the people and tools they need to succeed in business and the boardroom. She uses her powerful network to help women achieve their goals of gaining board membership. She organizes board coaching sessions, seminars, and webinars. Her accomplishments haven't gone unnoticed with a spot on the prestigious 40 Under 40 in Business Journals. And has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Chicago Sun-Times, and the Minneapolis-St. Paul Journal. Before Women in the Boardroom, Sheila created Sharp Upswing, a marketing, sales, and PR company. And she also worked in management at Best Buy. Sheila didn't receive her B.A. from Moorhead State College in Moorhead, Minnesota. So, Sheila, thanks so much for joining me today, and welcome. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. So, you have all these accomplishments with no degree under your belt. You are correct. Yeah, but yeah. that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I just think, well, how did I do that? But uh, All right. Know, how did you do that? I have amazing work ethic. And when I want to do something or learn something, I, I do that. Yes. But did you want to be a businesswoman growing up in Minnesota? Is no, that what your goal was? That's no, what I so aspire no, no, to? No, no, I mean, I, you know, I started going to college for a few years wanting to be a teacher. Okay. And, you know, at one point I wanted to be a hairdresser. So, so there's a little eclecticism in uh, Sheila's life. Yeah. You know, and then I started working at Best Buy and was kept being promoted. And it just, you know, just kind of went from there. I was left Best Buy for many different reasons. But one, that carrot being dangled in front of my face all the time just wasn't happening for me. What does that mean? Well, it, I was constantly being, you know, told, oh, if you go clean this mess up, then you'll get your own store. And instead, the guys that I was hiring would get that store. In other words, you were literally passed over. Oh, yes. You were praised, but that was Yeah, all. I mean, it was ridiculous. Even in, like, the interview for the store, you know, management position, you know. What year are we talking about? Oh, this is uh, mid-'90s. And you were an anomaly being in management at a store like a Best Buy? As a woman? Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. There was just a couple of us. And then there was, you know, the one token female star manager. Yeah. So there was praise on the one hand. You know, they were handing something yeah. out to you with the one hand and then taking mm -hmm. it back with the other hand. Right. That's what I mean about the whole carrot being dangled in front of your face. And it's just you can only do so much. I don't know that I really comprehended it mm -hmm. at the time. There were so many different things going on. You know, the the person who, you know, was interviewing me later was the CEO and he was... Of the whole company? Yes, and he was fired for sexual harassment. Like, there's so... And, you know, I never took him up on his advances and... To your disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there was just so many... You know, I'd go into the interview, you know, at 7 o'clock in the morning because, of course, I had to be at the store at 8 to open it. Mm -hmm. And he'd say, oh, what was on the front page of the business section today? And I'd go... I don't know. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, you don't get the job. Really? So Ridiculous. arbitrary? Like, uh, yep. so I called Human Resources, too, though, early, early on. And the 
woman HR person said to me when I complained, not about this particular one earlier. Uh-huh. So I learned never to complain, right? Because she said, well, what did you do to provoke it? So it was always your fault. Yeah. In spite of the fact that she was a female. So there was no safety in numbers. And they right. were, oh, that's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So how long did you last there? I was there for eight years. What were you? What, I was going to say, what were you, nuts? Yeah. You know, I always say this one thing about myself is, though, you know those clowns with the sand on the bottom that uh-huh. just keep getting knocked in the head? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's you know, what you, that was me, the image. Hit me harder, right? <laughs> oh, what, what else you got? Right? Um, yes. Um, yeah, but you know, it. I, I feel like it was such a great learning experience, though. I would never trade anything that I've gone through or, mm-hmm. you know, because that's who I am today. So you didn't have a massive support system, but you did have a fairly strong belief in you, right? No, I don't think I had a belief in me either. I think I just knew it was time to move on. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, an old female boss, her sister had this smaller company, so I went and did her PR marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was like, well, I told her, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't have a degree. And she said, well, I just, you know, obviously you're a really hard worker and you get things done. I ended up going to the library and reading like every sales, marketing and PR book. And I did such a great job for her. Then she, you know, her clients then started saying, well, is she an employer? Is she a contractor, uh-huh. a consultant? And and so that's how I ended up starting my own business is really doing that, the consulting for these small businesses and when I needed to fill the pipeline and I was out networking all the time and needing to meet new clients. And, you know, back in the late 90s, you had to be a member of chambers and associations to even go there and network. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, of course, it's all changed. They're like, please come, come. But then it was you needed to join and be a member to even go to their networking. And it was such the good old boys network, you know, the big guys with the big belly sitting up at the bar, you know. And I was so annoyed that I couldn't network. And, you know, this is in Minneapolis. And even though it's a very small market, it's very spread out. So there was like maybe 15 different chambers of commerce that I couldn't go join because I didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't have the time to go and drive around the Twin Cities. So I ended up creating my own networking event. And then it became this huge deal. It was very successful. And I was very strict about who could come. And you were taken very seriously then. Yeah. And um, Uh I mean, the chambers didn't want to come and participate as well. Then my mentor at the time said, oh, my gosh, you're so good at creating these events and getting people in the room. What I would love for you to do is to start an event that helps women get onto corporate boards. And who was your mentor? Dee Thibodeau. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And she was really seminal and She's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, this is... Because usually everybody has either a person or an event that kickstarts this chain. Well, she's still kickstarting it for mm-hmm. me, right? So, thank goodness I listened to her, started this Women on Boards event, right? That's mm-hmm. what it was called. Had it in Minneapolis. Eventually, you know, we'd get 600 women in the room, and that's pretty good for Minneapolis. I and, would think. And so she comes to me and she said, well, women love this. You need to start going to other cities with this. And I'm like what are you talking about? I have no idea. What do you mean? I I wouldn't know how to do an event in another city. I know Mm -hmm. no one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, thankfully I listened and I thought, well, you know what? I I met this one woman um, in Minneapolis at an event from Chicago and Michelle Hooper, who's so amazing. And 
So I said to her, I'm like, well, you know, if I have my event in Chicago, would you, you know, could you participate? And she's like, yeah. And I said, well, you know, do you know of anyone else that I could ask? And she said, yeah, you know, my friend Christy Hefner probably would do it. As in? Yeah. Right. Christy Hefner. Hugh's daughter. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I said, okay, great. So I wasn't hearing back from Michelle and I was still moving forward with the event and you know, well, then I just called up Christy Hefner's assistant and said, oh, well, Michelle said Christy was going to do this. And she said, well, when, when when is it? And I said, well, I'm thinking October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, or 4th. And she said, well, what time? I go, oh, I was thinking anywhere from one. So you're, you're actually thinking as you're talking. Oh, I am yeah, yeah. trying to get her to say. And then she did. She goes, well, Christy is only available at this time on this day. And I go, well, that's when the event is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got Christy Hefner on. And that was obviously huge. And one city gave birth to another city. So that was it... in 2006. Mm-hmm. Went to Chicago. By mm-hmm. 2010, I was in 15 cities with it. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. So what's your assessment of this? What does this mean, women in the boardroom? Or actually, should I say women not in the boardroom? You know, I'm asked the question all the time. Is it men that are holding us back? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and my answer is, you know, sure, some. But... Not all, of mm-hmm. course. And you know what? I focus on the women because women are really the ones I feel, the ones I've been working with are the ones who are holding themselves back. Hmm. Because? Because they don't understand how amazing they are. So we as women, do you remember a few years ago, Harvard had released, it wasn't Harvard that did the study, but it was the Harvard Business Review that posted this survey talking about how women feel the need to check 100% of the boxes before they go for something. And men feel the need to only check, like, I don't know, it was like 70% or something. But mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of high. And and honestly, this I run into this all the time where, you know, there's even all these classes and courses and certification programs that I swear are geared towards women because we've... I can't tell you how many times I've talked to women who have said, do I need to be certified? I'm going to go get my certification. I'm going to I'm going to go and get my MBA. Oh, I think I should get another degree. I'm not a financial expert. And I'm like, but wait a minute. You are this. When I'm working with them on their elevator pitch, their value proposition, it's like they just. Well, working up. on a pitch for them to do what? To join to a board? To serve or... on a corporate board. What they bring, why, why what their I, value at. Why do I want to serve on a corporate board? There's many different reasons. One, it's very prestigious. It's an enhancement to their resume. It's a career booster. Mm-hmm. Even if they're retired, though, it's a great second career. They're getting paid to mm-hmm. go on these boards. And that shouldn't be the reason to go on that board. I always say our members are life learners, right? Like, I'm a life learner. I always am like, you know hiring different people or learning different things. And these women just have no desire to all of a sudden retire and do full-time gardening. They know there's a second chapter. It may not be with the same intensity as the first chapter. Well, that's the other thing. They, you know, they're like, listen, I'm sick of the 24-7, 365. Mm -hmm. I want to go and be on a couple of boards. Mm -hmm. And hey, maybe do gardening 25% of the time or sit on the beach, right? So... They don't necessarily want to just have that full, fast pace anymore. I need you, in a sense, to patronize me, okay, and to tell me, why do I want to be on the board of Coca-Cola? If someone were to call me up and say, I want to be on the Coca-Cola board, 
I would say I can't help you. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because there's so few people, women or men, that are even qualified to be on the Coca-Cola board. Mm -hmm. The media loves to focus on the Fortune 500 like they're the only game in town. They're not. There's thousands and thousands of smaller public company boards and also privately held company boards. There's even for-profit advisory boards. And that doesn't mean it's just for a startup. You know, we're not a search firm, but I have a huge network and they will send me their board openings. So then I send them out to our members and we're very successful now. Like when we stopped doing those events seven, eight years ago and just really focused the one-on-one because this is what women need is to be told how amazing they are. Yes, but I mean, what change do I affect by being on the board of the Jones Company? Typically, you'd have to be in corporate America. And your value add would be, let's say you are an operations executive, right? I'm trying to stay away from the financial executive, right? Because Mm. the qualified financial executive is really, you know, it's been sought after for years to be on a board and it's changing a lot, Mm -hmm. which is good for women. I mean, there's so many changes that are happening in corporate boards, you know, in the last five, seven years, but way more in the last two, three years Mm -hmm. even. We really want to add value. We want to be at that table with very smart people. Mm And so if they're currently working, then obviously they can bring that back to their current job and be a better leader and, you know, just be better at their job. If they're retired, they're just, they keep, the, you know, the noggin working. I always say you're either learning or dying. There's mm-hmm. no staying the same. You like to think that you constantly evolve. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And so these women are learning and it's exciting for them. Yeah, and it is, it's prestigious and they get a check. So how difficult has it been to make this match? It's been painful. Yeah. But it's finally turning around. And how so? Well, remember I said we did those big events years Mm -hmm. ago. And then, you know, it's just I I was sitting in the front row at every one of them saying, you know, this is just really getting stale to me. How many more topics can you really talk about in the boardroom? And and by the way, you don't go to an event and get onto a board. It was really working with them one-on-one where we started to really make a difference and helping them realize what their skills are and what they bring to the table. And... You know, all those board openings we've gotten in, I think we've gotten in like 175 of the last few years, which is amazing. None of them have asked for anybody to be certified. So I'm able to give them, you know, I'm, I'm inspiring them to say you're good enough as you are. Mm-hmm. We're not making you board ready, by the way, because you are ready. Because you're already accomplished. Exactly. And so there should this should be on some level a no-brainer, that the Thank next you. natural step is to be, exactly. is to join a board. And that's what I say all the time. This is not rocket science. You know, it's all about networking. Mm -hmm. It really, truly is. And the guys have been so good at networking with each other for so many years. And, you know, we as women, we like to give, give, give. And we don't usually like to ask for help, especially if we're feeling like a little intimidated. Or we'll go to our our people, our network, and we'll say, oh, my gosh, you know what? I want to do this. What do you think I should do? What do you think? No, don't do that. Don't go to your network, to these men who are serving on boards, and put yourself in a mentor-mentee role. Go you should be them, an equal, in other right, words. You know, boom, boom, boom. <clears throat> this is what I'm looking for, and this is my value. This is the type of company that I would, add, you know. So what have you learned in terms of your demographic of females in terms of age? Compare the 30-somethings with the 50-somethings. It's much easier for you to deal with the younger population of women who have a much more a stronger belief in themselves. Does, yeah, but, right? you know, they think they're too young to get on a board, and they're not. My, you know, superstar VIP member, Carolyn Say, was 35 
an Asian. When she got into her first board, Rosetta Stone. She's now the one who on Coca-Cola's board. So explain a day in the life of Sheila Ronning. You know, if it's a new member, I'm on the phone with them, just going through figuring out what their plan would be because there's no cookie-cutter approach, mm -hmm. right? And it depends on if they're wanting to get on a first, second, or third board. And they'll tell you what specific board they want to get on? They, you know, they can, mm -hmm. but typically we're focused more on, they know because I, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and they're usually, we have, most of our members are referred by other members. So they know that I'm going to not judge them and I want to just dig in and like, where can I help you? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they tell you the boards they want to join? Not necessarily. That's, or you I make mean, the matches? No. It's really all about them and how they're having that conversation and how their branding is done. And, and you know, even if they've been on boards, they don't know how to necessarily network and, and talk to people. They just need to have some things fine-tuned. And if they are working for somebody, let's just say the Jones Corporation, yeah. there's just not a given, even though they're an employee, that they're going to make that board. Oh, yeah, they most likely won't make that board. I mean, there's most boards always have outside directors. There's usually, you know, the CEO is on the board. I mean, they're most likely not going to be on that board. So we do have a matchmaking program. Mm -hmm. We have many different things that help them. Mm -hmm. um, but the most part, it's coming, it's just helping them work their network. So nine times out of 10, somebody's not going to approach me to ask me to join a board, even though I might work in corporate America. Yeah. I mean, they're because I'm female. So going back to the networking. Yeah. Right. So if a board has, you know, 12 members mm -hmm. and they're all men. Yes. What happens is, you know, they're like, well, oh, gosh, we got to, you know, we have to replace Bill. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows somebody? That's how it happens. So it's with inside. It's all just very insular. Yes. And so somebody says, oh, Tom. Yeah. As opposed to Mary. Right, you know, because just, Mary doesn't necessarily pop up in their it's, you know, in their it's front unconscious burner. bias, right? Or mm -hmm. or maybe Mary hasn't said anything to Tom, and that happens a lot about saying, "Gee, I'd love to be appointed." A to lot, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Well, what happens to the women once they are on the board? How connected to them are you at that point? Well, if we've been working with them before that, yes. absolutely. Or if they've been on, you know, all of these panels that we've had over the years, I am definitely in touch with them for sure. And have there been success stories as well as, quote, failures, mistakes in terms of women thinking, oh, I was so excited to join this board and it's turned out to be a well, nightmare? Not, oh, yes. Uh, yes. We've definitely had the, you know, our members are always the best board members, by the way. So <laughs> anybody out there with a board opening, come to us. But the boards themselves that maybe they were a little too, you know, like they're so excited to get on that board. Just because someone offers you a board seat does not mean you should go on it. That it's necessarily makes you a right to sense do for some a match. Serious yeah. due diligence mm -hmm. on the other board members on the company, and you know, it needs to not only you know the board the whole board interviewing process can take six months, a year, two years, depending. The board is making sure that they're bringing in somebody that's going to be a good fit, not only with the skill sets, but also that they're going to get along. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it it's not easy to fire a board member. That just really doesn't happen. And so they're very careful. But you know what? The person going in needs to be just as careful. So I'm your client. I'm looking to join the Jones board, right. is it? And so you're going to give me the skills. You already have the skills, right? Nobody comes to us that doesn't already have the skills, mm -hmm. right? So we work with senior level executive women only. Yes. 
And that means we don't go by titles because every company is different with titles, but it's usually like no more than two levels down from the CEO. And despite my senior executive position, I'm not being approached to join boards. Right. Because I'm a she. No, no, it's not because you're a she. It's because you're not letting people know how amazing you are and that you're interested in it. But isn't it a given that I'm amazing because I have a pretty, you know, uh, highfalutin job at the Jones Company? Okay, so but think about it. If people are sitting around a table and they're saying, well, we need to, you know, listen, I always say our network wants to help us. They really, truly do. And even if all these guys are in my network and, you know, yes, it will happen every once in a while where they're like, oh, Sheila, right? But typically you've got to let people know. So your network always, they want to help you, but you need to help them help you. Mm-hmm. You need to let them know. They can't read your mind. Do I want to be on more than one board? It depends, right? I mean, there's no right or wrong answer in, you know, that situation. It could be that if you're employed, maybe you only want to be on one right now. If you're a lawyer or at certain companies, you're going to be very restricted, about what you could even go on mm-hmm. while you're employed because, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be a conflict of interest. Right. The big four, you know, those people at Who those the big four? Well, I mean, PwC, Deloitte, you know, KPMG, you know, mm-hmm. those executives are not going to be on boards until they retire there. What's an average size of a corporate board? It will definitely vary. But, I mean, so, listen, the media, again, loves to focus on the Fortune 500, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I focus on everything. So when... When you ask me a question like that, Mm -hmm. because I work with all different types and sizes, Mm -hmm. I don't just focus on the Fortune 500, Mm -hmm. right? But I would say on average, it could be like 12, Mm -hmm. but it could be six. It could be 20. If you think about a nonprofit board, sometimes those are 50 people. Those Mm -hmm. are, but I don't work in nonprofits unless Mm -hmm. they pay their board members. And it's not that I feel like women shouldn't be out there doing their charitable work. I just have no desire to help women volunteer one more minute of their time. Because we do that so well. You don't need to pay me to do that. So what have you seen over the course of the time that you started Women in the Boardroom? Oh, so much. Yeah, so the changes, Mm -hmm. the good things. When I talked earlier about how it had, you know, changed so much in the last five, seven years and how dramatically it's even changed in the last three years, it's so exciting. I mean, first of all, we're getting in so many board openings, and we're not a search firm, so that's awesome. And I've seen their, what they're looking for. So the skill set is really, it's changed so much. For years, it's been that they always just want to fill that board, you know, table with, with a, qualified with somebody financial. Somebody who has a pulse. <laughs> qualified financial expert, mm-hmm. right? And now they're really looking at, okay, well, let's look at, you know, cybersecurity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... The big hot one right now is kind of the CHRO, which is typically filled by a woman. Explain right? what that Chief, is. Oh, I'm sorry. Chief Human Resources, Resources. Okay, I should have yep. known that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is usually a, um, a female, uh-huh. so that's good. But, you know, men are not the ones who are holding us back. You know, we're holding each other back, too. I often wondered about that. Is there really a female network? Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. And I, you know, kind of steal Madeline's line. You know, there's a special place in hell for women, right? But uh, my thing is... Because my personal experiences, too, is that if you are not a woman who helps other women, you're not welcome at Women in the Boardroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a mentor-mentee relationship in terms of women. Or no, you're making I a mean, face. You it, don't think no, so. I mean, I just the whole mentor-mentee thing. I want to make sure that women are going to other people in their network and just making sure they 
are going to them saying, I'm ready for this. I don't need you to mentor me. If you go to Sally or you go to Bob and it's a mentor-mentee role, it means they're not going to give you the golden nugget, Mm -hmm. right? They'll mentor you and they'll say they'll connect you, but they're just, they're not going to give you the golden nugget. They will if you go to them and, you know, hey, Bob, I wanted to let you know as they global executive with a Fortune 500 company and a qualified financial expert, I'm looking to get onto a corporate board. A company that is looking to scale, uh, whether it's organically or through acquisitions or is expanding internationally or domestically, is a company that I would add tremendous value to. I would like to know if there's anyone in your network that you can connect me to. That's much different than, hey, Bob, you know, I'm thinking about getting onto a corporate board. What what do you think I should do? Big Mm -hmm. difference. Where are you now? What would you say is a percentage of women on corporate boards? That number, you know, is is not high enough, right? But think about how many boards there are. There's the private, the you know, all of these that do compensate and are great boards to go on. Know what you're qualified for. I'm not into guilting and shaming, you know, men and companies for not having women on their boards. It wouldn't do women in the boardroom very much you know, very good service because we embrace men, right? Mm-hmm. I would say I'm not, hey, I don't hate men, mm-hmm. right? Women in the boardroom, we love men. Am I secretly happy they're being guilted and shamed? Of course. But at the same time, I know for women, we just need to focus on ourselves and get ourselves there. There's a huge shift for sure. There has been. And anytime anything pops up in the media. A la Stacey Cunningham getting appointed to the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, yeah. I just always say, you know what? We have been letting things happen and go on, and now it's time for us to really show up, stand up, and speak up. In other words, get rid of the doormat mentality. And and so you're optimistic. You see change. I am. And you see Very optimistic. And that you're you're out there forging ahead and and, and feel encouraged by what you see. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't work this hard if I wasn't. Right? It is. It's changing. And what does that mean? We have had a lot of success lately with our, you know, getting our members, helping them get to that first seat, right? Or Making these seat. matches, you mean. You know, it, it's all these different things we've had success in. I've, I just, the energy around it. And we continue to get board openings and the conversations I'm having. And, you know, I am out speaking a lot. And so, and it's not just to women, it's to men. And I just... So that's what I'm going off of. Life has been lived one way for so long, and as we all know, change is hard, but that we're making inroads. I guess at some point it would be just really great not to talk about it because it would be just natural and de rigueur, and we don't have to make a big deal about it, and we don't have to do this. And not that I'm saying you should be out of business. I'm not inferring Listen, I've got many other ideas, and also I can't wait to start a men in the boardroom. Yeah, no, they needed your help. No, honestly, they keep coming to us, though, now. They're, like, afraid. Afraid that they're going to get pushed out? Yes. Because there's too many females? They just feel like, you know, they don't even have a chance now. So they're whining. I don't think all of them are. Mm -hmm. I think there are some that are. Can't you just be welcoming and just think how exciting this can all be as opposed to feeling threatened by it? I mean, seriously? Right. 2018? Right. Can't move the needle? You're nodding your head. I mean, yeah. I mean, seriously, it is. It's, I, I do feel there's some men that are this way and some men are that way. And of course, there's many men that are very inviting and welcoming in that mm-hmm, way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's just some that aren't. So we've run out of time, but I mean, can you tease us with the fact a little bit that you have all these other ideas? Can you? Oh, well, I mean, they don't, you know, there's, 
there's many different things, right, that I haven't really necessarily formulated. One that it's always been in my head, though, was, you know, about that kid growing up in the blue-collar family, right, mm-hmm. that doesn't know anything about business. Mm-hmm. That's, one, you know, it's like a nonprofit idea I've always had, wanted to help children. Right. You know, I mean, without D, I Ex- just wouldn't Expose them, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, exactly. I mean, I just think of without my mentor, I wouldn't have been, you know, in the, I wouldn't be in business. And I just feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there to help. So you're really optimistic. So we should end on a note like that, on an optimistic note. Well, keep doing what you're doing, Sheila, because it's obviously working. Maybe I'll join a corporate board. God knows what I'd offer. But uh, (laughs) we'll we'll talk. All right. We'll talk. Sounds like a deal. Well, thanks so much. I really enjoyed meeting you. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.